Welcome to the Next Trip Podcast with Doug and Drew. This is an aviation and travel podcast covering current topics and trip reviews with multiple course deviations on our route. All thoughts and opinions are our own. Everyone, welcome to Boarding Pass 4. This is Drew. I'm here with Doug. We're two av geeks and aviation professionals. We're creating a safe space for other av geeks and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation. Today, we have a special guest, a friend of mine, uh, an av geek celebrity, if you will, uh, on the show today. His name is Ryan. You may know him as Flying High Ryan, which is his Twitter profile. He's also the founder of the website AirlineGeeks.com. Um, must mention that Ryan is uh, um, a freshman in college, so he's gotten a lot done at such a young age. Ryan, welcome. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good, Andrew. Hey, man, I'm, I'm good. I'm just trying to get over the jet lag here. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, it's really good to be on. You know, I always like talking about aviation and all that stuff. So always a good opportunity wherever I can find, find the platform to do so. Yeah. We're, uh, really happy to have you on Ryan. Uh, we're, we're can do, uh, some, some warm up questions and then, uh, kind of the, the big news of the day, which we'll get to here in a little bit. So initially, um, I, I'm sure everyone who follows you on Twitter knows that you're very involved in, in aviation, but, a lot of people probably don't know necessarily what got you into aviation. So, uh, what what kind of spawned that interest for you? What what piqued your interest in in aviation? So yeah, it's a it's a long winded question. So I'll try to short it up as much as I can. But I um I kind of grew up in aviation. I I um, when I was younger, uh, you know, I've had family all around the country, so I, I would always travel back and forth. I mean, I remember flying Midwest Express. I remember flying Independence there. I remember all these old airlines that we used to fly back and forth to get to get to the Midwest and everything else to see the family. And, um, and then as I kind of grew older, I just, I really liked it more. And I, and I liked spending time with aviation and in high school, I used to go out in middle school, especially, um, I used to like take the Metro down to national airport and I used to just sit at Gravely point and watch airplanes. And I still have my old pictures, which they're not good, but <laughs> the job done. Um, and then um, from there, when I was in, actually, I was in eighth grade, I think. I was 13 or 14. I, I started volunteering at the airport, at National Airport. And um, I was taking the Metro every day. And I used to go down there and, um, and just help out at the information desk. At that point, I started the website, too. Uh, I started kind of a, as, a, as a little blog so I could share my experiences and more people wanted to jump on the bandwagon. So it turned into kind of more of a business. I think we registered as an LLC in 2015, something like that, 2015, hard to remember. So now it's a now it's a business. It's my baby. It doesn't let me sleep at night. It keeps me up all night. Um, but we have over like seven million page views a year. Um, I think that's we're capping out for twenty nineteen. So we're doing really well, and we have a great team that, that works along with us to to share the message about aviation and, and to cover it in the best way possible. It's awesome. I think Drew and I kind of stay awake at night thinking about the podcast now too. Yeah. So yeah. we we understand. Yeah. Mid- Midwest Ex- Midwest Express uh, cookies, warm cookies. I remember those. I remember the cookies. And Doug, uh, Gravelly Point, you got to come join us at Gravelly Point. It's ECA. It's awesome. It's funny that Ryan said that. I actually have a bunch of old photos too that I've been going through. Uh, Some grainy ones that I took with my film SLR back in the mid 2000s. Oh, so you've been there? I have. Yeah, it's it's, it's awesome. Watching that visual approach coming in over the river, everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Doug, what, what got you into aviation? Um, yeah, it's a great question. I, I wish I could say there was one event that kind of did it for me, but honestly, as silly as it sounds, I think it was in my DNA. Uh, when I was, when I was a kid, not even three years old, I could identify airlines. I could ad- identify the airplanes. Um, and I, I just, I grew up around aviation. My dad traveled a lot for work. 
Uh, I got to go on business trips with him. We did a lot of family travel, always at the airport. Uh, he worked at a small school in, in the Midwest that had an aviation program. So I got to kind of go hang out on the flight line and everything. Um, so it, it just kind of was always a part of me. And I always knew that I wanted to be a pilot. So I, uh, I kind of had that, that goal in mind going through, going through school and, and everything. So um, as cliche as it sounds, I'm, I'm living the dream now, which is yeah. pretty, pretty awesome. What, what about you, Drew? Yeah, um, just real quick. Mine was, <clears throat> if you asked any kid where you want to go, Disneyland or the airport, it would be Disneyland. For me, it was the airport. And growing up near SFO, you could get right up to runway one right and see 747s, Elton 11s, like a few yards away from you. And it was just magical. So it was all about the airplanes to begin. I would draw airplanes, make airplanes. Um, my friends were into the military F-16s and stuff. I would be drawing a DC-10, right? But then as I grew older, it was more than just the airplanes. It's that energy of travel, just being at the airport. So it's, uh, it's an amazing industry. It's so much, it's always exciting. It's always dynamic and it's addictive, right? I think the three of us would agree. You just cannot stop thinking about it and there's always stuff going on. So there's so much you can do within it too. Yeah, exactly. Like you're a pilot, I'm in operations and Ryan, I don't, do you know what you're going to do? In the well, industry. yeah, so I'm a sophomore now. And I, I, I have, a, I'm trying to figure out kind of my next steps. I mean, I, I definitely, I'm thinking about getting my MBA and going into more the business side of it. Um, okay. That's what I'm leaning towards now. But Ryan, you do like, you do like the excitement of the airport and the craziness. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I still, my little college job is I work at airport operations at a certain airport in Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, there's never a, there's never a dull day there. And I, I really like that. I really like that excitement, but you know, I also really like the business and the financial side too, but that's, you know, of course this industry is so lucrative that it kind of, that's kind of fun. Yeah. I, so, would, I, I would caution yeah. you against getting your MBA because you will never look at quarterly financial statements the same way. Yeah. Uh, I know. My, my wife always <laughs> says it's, it's crazy how much pleasure I get out of reading a bunch of numbers and, and analyzing it. <laughs> so yeah. just 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 be aware that that might be uh that might be coming your way yes all right so we're gonna leave the uh av geek side for just a moment and talk about news you know ryan asked you let's what's a topic you want to discuss and you you picked a real good one because um you picked the 737 max grounding it's almost 737 uh, max is currently grounded today we had breaking news just a couple hours ago that the ceo of boeing is being replaced um, and more than likely it has to do with uh, a bunch of incidents, especially the 737 MAX recertification issue. So for those of you that uh, are not um, as knowledgeable uh, about this issue going on with the 737, just real quick, this aircraft was grounded in March after two crashes linked to nosedives caused by a flight control software called MCAS, M-C-A-S, Maneuvering Characteristics Augmentation System. So Boeing has continued production after it was uh, taken out of service. Now there's about 400 aircraft that are awaiting delivery. So they recently announced that they're going to stop production momentarily and focus on getting those delivered after recertification. Boeing's lost over $10 billion due to this, due to compensation to airlines and families. Um, a number of airlines have shown the aircraft out of schedule, mostly till April. Uh, United has just taken it out of the schedule until June, until Boeing and the FAA can come to an agreement on recertification. 
Ryan, what are your thoughts on this? Um, you know, it's just kind of the same story over and over. Um, Mullenberg leaving, or Needham wasn't leaving, he was fired. Um, it's certainly kind of a shocker, but again, I mean, it was only a matter of time before the board needed to make some changes at the corporate level. And um, I, I think the aircraft, I don't think it's a systemically unsafe airplane. Um, I've, I've spoken with pilots who've flown it before and actually really enjoyed flying the airplane. It's a, it's a, it's a good airplane when it's hot and hot and hot, hot and high out because yeah. it's got bigger engines, more powerful. You don't have to weight restrict it. But, um, you know, I mean, I think this was an oversight on Boeing's end and um, something they're still definitely going to have the answer to. Yeah, Doug? Yeah, uh, I didn't realize that Mullenberg had been with the company since 1985. So Dennis Mullenberg is the CEO who uh, is on his way out, um, started out as an engineer, and then kind of worked his way up through through the company. So this isn't someone who came in off the street. Uh, he had a vested interest in, in the company because that's kind of where he grew up. But... Um, you know, it's it's interesting. I as much as the Max plays into this, I think it's a lot more than just the Max. Um, Boeing has had issues with the new Air Force tanker, the KC forty six, several years behind schedule. Lots of issues with that. And then over the weekend, the Starliner, which is the new um, capsule for the manned U.S. space program for NASA, uh, was unable to dock with the the space station uh, on its trial test. So it's, it's just kind of a series of, like you said, Ryan, systemic issues at the company. Um, and and I, as, as much as everyone would like to, to pin it solely on the max, I, I don't think that it's that. Now, um, Drew and I have talked about this kind of offline quite a bit. Um, a lot of the pundits will say, well, you know, why didn't, why didn't the board take this step months ago? Um, but the, the business side of me says, well, they waited because what they needed was that, that, that leadership at the top. Everyone knew that Mullenberg would be gone at some point, but if you shake things up right in the middle of a crisis, right as the crisis is starting, then that creates a lot of uncertainty at the company. So I, I personally think that they waited to kind of get the ship steered towards the right direction, not necessarily in the right direction. You know, that, that can be argued quite a bit, but I, I think that they just wanted to kind of get a direction and then wait to a, a point where they could they could um, have kind of a, a good good turnover. Um, now, new chairman Drew, uh, who is he? We were talking about this earlier. Yeah, fun fact: the new chairman Larry Kellner used to be the chairman of Continental before the merger with United. Um, so it's interesting. So my thoughts on this: so in the airlines, and Ryan, you've both of you have probably been subject to this. We have something called a creeping delay. It is the worst thing ever. Customers know that there's going to be issues with maintenance. So they understand that. The frustration is when there's no information on what a company is doing to resolve it. So sometimes at the airlines, we know there's a maintenance problem. We don't know when it's going to be fixed. But we make regular announcements. This is where we're at. This is where we're, what we're doing. And this is our estimate. There's been none of that by Boeing. This is basic communication skills. Uh, personally, I think they waited too long to change the leadership because you need a communicator, and I don't know if they've done that very well, and that's causing people to continue to lose confidence. I have told you that I, I love Boeing products. We need to get back to a point where Boeing is seen as a quality product. Right now, I don't think that they're doing that. Hopefully, this new leadership change will change help them change course. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys saw that article in the New York Times yesterday uh, before this news broke. It was talking about this gathering of um, aviation executives, kind of saw top that. executives in Wyoming. Uh, I think the article said drinking beer and throwing knives. Uh, yeah. Sounds kind of cool. I'd, I'd like to be an aviation, <laughs> aviation executive as it well. It was called Conquistadores de Aviación or something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I didn't know this existed. You know, I, I saw it on uh, House of Cards with, you know, top leadership, whatever. They, they get together for, for these uh, weekends in the woods, if you will. But what I found interesting in the article was it said Mullenberg didn't really interact with any of the other CEOs. He went out for bike rides by himself, uh, didn't talk to the exec. So um, Ryan, I'm, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on his communication. Um, you know, what, in a way, was this kind of his own doing uh, of sorts? Um, I can't hear how to put this. Um, I, I wouldn't say that, that Muhlenberg is, um, is a unpopular and unfavorable CEO um, by any stretch. I mean, he, he did, he did have a lot of experience with the company. I think he was a uh, 727 line maintenance guy for a while, actually at, at, at the, um, the plant rent. So he's been at Boeing, like you said, since I think you said nine in the nineties. Um, and he's not, you know, this white collar sort of, this has jumped around from corporation to corporation to corporation. He's risen up and he's the true success story, uh, you know, that we all want to embody from, you know, blue collar to white collar. And he actually went to um, Iowa State. He was an aerospace engineer. You know, he's, you know, he's a good guy. I just don't know if, <clears throat> if his um, overall communication skills have, have um, created an environment um, that's been good for Boeing. And I think that might, might have been dragging them down a little bit more. Um, the only thing that I could say about Mullenberg that I think, um, you know, that he did well was sort of the PR aspect where you did, there were plenty of pictures of him with the engineering teams on the Macs and riding in the jump seat and all that. And, you know, I think that's good, but, you know, you need to address the problem head on. And I think that's where Boeing has kind of lacked. And um, it, I think they're going to pay for it even more once the aircraft, if the aircraft, ever becomes ungrounded yeah um because people <clears throat> people are gonna you know notice that um oh well i'm on a 737 max you know that scares me i don't want to be on it <sighs> but i don't know i don't know if that people will really pay attention to that either because i mean how often do you think the average flyers look at the aircraft type not very often yeah um so D david calhoun who's going to become the new <clears throat> ceo in in january doesn't really have any uh, aviation background. He's on the board right now, but that that um, hasn't been for for too long. So they're bringing in an outsider. Um, uh, you know, uh, Mullenberg came up with the company. So what what do you guys think bringing an outsider into the company to lead the company will will do? Is that more messaging? Is that just more the direction they want to go? What's kind of the um, the basis for that decision? Do you guys so? Think? Yeah, I've had experience where I work right now. We have our CEO, our recent CEO, is not from the airlines, but he was great. So it's not, it helps to have that background, just like Ryan said, working in the front lines, working as a mechanic, coming through. So that, I'm not saying that doesn't help. But more important than that, you need a good communicator. And I think the CEO at our company has communicated very well and has helped turn the airline around. He has a lot of experts around him as far as the technical aspects. So Ryan, what do you think? Um, 
No, I think it could be a good and bad thing. I think the bad part of it is that he might not have a whole lot of respect with employees uh, just because he's coming sort of from a very blue or white collar role as a, as a board member. Um, but it also might be good too because, you know, he might have less knowledge of that and he might be able to, you know, take it and, and multiply it, you know, in a way where he doesn't know a whole lot about what's going on or the mm-hmm. dynamic of the company. So, you know, it's a learning curve and that could be a good thing. Yeah. So let me ask you guys. So say the bone uh, the 737 max is recertified, hopefully early in 2020. Um, Boeing is getting back on its feet, gaining, gaining their reputation back. What should they do going forward? Right. To change that. That's Boeing story. Um, I don't know if there's really much you can do besides just continue to build the product. Um, I mean, Boeing is the largest U.S. exporter. Um, and the 737 is actually the largest, if not one of the largest, it used to be the largest um, U.S. export. And our most valuable, I guess it would be largest, most valuable. Um, so it's just Boeing will get back on its feet. It's a company that's too big to fail. I mean, it's got so many government contracts. It's, you know, the U.S. government's baby. I mean, it's not going to go anywhere. Um, the 777X might be a good start for that. You know, that's coming out. Yep. Uh, first flight should have probably happened already, but it didn't. Um, and there's a lot going on there, too. I think they're a little hesitant to roll the dice on the triple seven so yeah well doug what do you think yeah i i mean it comes down to branding uh, there's been a lot of talk about do you rebrand it but at the end of the day people are going to say okay well even the rebranding that is a 737 max i i really think it's just going to take time um john ostrauer over the air current uh, has had a lot of really interesting articles kind of equating this to the dc-10 uh, back in the, the 70s and, and 80s and some of the issues that it had. And the difference was they didn't have social media back then. So I, I think you have a lot of people now who know about the Max, know what the Max is and, and think they know about it because of everything that they see on social media. So this is a, a completely different um, issue than any, I would say than any industry for the most part has, has really ever faced. Um, I think this is going to be a leading case study for decades to come, both in business yeah. and also in, oh, yeah. in the in the public relations side. Uh, a lot of people said Mullenberg didn't, uh, you know, because initially, what a day after the Ethiopian crash came out and and backed the safety and 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 everything, even though now it's come to light that Boeing knew that, you know, it could potentially be unsafe. So, um, you know, I, I think people are going to be studying this for decades to come, and hopefully, it'll make things for the better i mean aviation safety is what it is today because of mistakes that have been made in the past Uh, unfortunately but um you know as as a pilot uh, we study incidents i i not a week goes by that i I don't read some sort of accident investigation or or study that uh and, and we learn from it we learn what the pilots did we learn what the what the manufacturer did we learn all of that and in fact all my all my books i've fly the DC 10, all of our books have changes to them based on all the incidents that the, that the DC 10 went through. They're all yeah. tech order changes that have made the flying safer because of issues that happen to that airplane. Um, will there, will there be more incidents in the future? Hopefully not, but, uh, you know, maybe not associated with the MCAS, whatever, maybe not associated with the seven three, but of course, as long as we're flying, there will be there will be incidents, but it's going to make the 
the aviation space and, and community safer moving forward. Would I have issues flying on the Max once it's recertified? No, absolutely not. I, I would get on it day one. Um, yeah. I, what about you guys? I'll be on it the first day, if not yeah. before they recertify. Yeah, you, you've got you've got that inside. They'll probably call I know, you. I, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm dead on seriously. So, I told yeah. I told I'm going to detract a little bit. I'll be on it, but I want to know what they've done with the software, right? Did they re reprogram it? What did they do to fix it? I think everyone wants to know that. I think, yeah, I don't really know if I understand that whole software stuff. So, I mean, I don't understand the depths of it and I'm not an engineer. So it just hard for me to understand as long as the thing can fly, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all this talk is about the 737 max, which has been bad news and hopefully they'll turn it around, but what I think Boeing needs to do at the Paris Air Show, I heard that they were going to launch or introduce their idea for an NMA. So hopefully this year, maybe in, at Farnborough in July, they can launch that and come out with a new product to change the narrative, get people excited about Boeing. I know that United and Delta want an airplane to replace the 767, and they buy a bunch of them. We're just waiting for Boeing to make a decision and run with it. So that's how they could change the narrative. Moving on to some lighter things, going back to uh, just some AvGeek discussions with Ryan. Uh, Ryan, what's the AvGeekiest thing, if, if that's a word, that you hmm. have- that you, you have, coined it. I did, yeah, AvGeekiest. So Ryan, what's the AvGeekiest thing you've ever done? Oh boy. Um, there's been a lot. Um, I don't know, so one of the cooler things I've done is, um, I don't know. One of my favorite things to do is uh, each year, or American Airlines does these uh, honor flights, you know, with uh, with veterans. They bring them in from around the country on charter flights into, into national, and then they bust them downtown to see their memorials. They, they do one from Oshkosh every year. Um, and so the big air show. And so I, I flew with them on the way back to Oshkosh. And landing in Oshkosh on a 737 in the heart of the air show was like, wow. Hmm. People yeah, like flock around the airplane. It's pretty cool. That that's awesome. I was actually at Oshkosh two years ago. I, I flew our airplane in, and we mm -hmm. we saw the honor flights land. And uh, when we landed our plane, we had really big reception. Nothing nothing was as big as as the honor oh, flights. Yeah. The people just surround the airplane. They have to cordon it off because it's just so many people. Yeah, yeah that's that's incredible. Mm -hmm. Drew, what about you? Yeah. Uh, so many, so many ab geeky things. So um, just thinking about this, um, I think the most ab geekiest thing was when I was in my um, 20s and I was a new airline employee. I had one tickets on British Airways to London and they were about to expire. I'm like, oh, there's no way I can let these expire. Um, so what I did was I went from LA to London, went in the evening and I came back the next day. So that's exciting. I mean, to now to be going on British Airways, that's exciting to me now. But back then when I was 21, so it was to total whirlwind trip. Got there in the morning, spent the day spotting, walking around London Heathrow, and then took the late morning or midday flight back to the West Coast. It was so much fun. That's Don't awesome. How tired were you when you got back? Oh, I don't, no. At 21, I had so much energy. I don't, <laughs> I, don't remember. I don't think I slept either way. So maybe when I got home, I slept for two days, but I was too excited to sleep. That's funny. So for me, initially, I was going to say uh, buying a revenue ticket to fly down to Brett Snyder's Cranky Dork Fest at LAX this year with my daughter. Uh, we we're on the 6 a.m. flight out of Sacramento, and we we're on the 10 p.m. flight back. Really long day for a three-year-old, but it was awesome. 
And then I got to thinking that there was a time I was on a layover at Honolulu and um, we were off for the day. So we got in late the previous night. We weren't flying out until the next morning. And I went for a run. I did probably about six miles and got back to my hotel, looked at Flight Radar 24 and saw that there was a Delta 747-400 that was about 30 minutes out from landing. And this was late 2017, so a couple of weeks before the final flight. And I, I realized that was probably going to be my last chance to see a, a Delta 747-400. So I, I pulled up Google Maps, found a, a place that I could go spot it coming in. And it was about three, three and a half miles away. And by this point, um, we were about 20 minutes out from landing. I grew up a runner. I still run, but doing a 20 minute 5k, uh, after having just done six miles was not necessarily in the cards. And I just went into a dead sprint and I got there with like two minutes to spare. Uh, didn't have my, my good camera, had my phone, but I was still able to get some photos of it coming in. Um, I mean, I was, I was dead when I got there and then I had to run all the way back. So I ended up basically doing a half marathon just to go watch a Delta 747 400 land for the last time. So I, I think in, in all the AvGeek things I've ever done, that probably takes the cake um, for, for everything. I mean, that's not to toot my own horn, but that's dedication to, to the AvGeek lifestyle, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. And you got your workout too, so. It's oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I felt great the rest of the day. Um, all right, final, final fun question for this discussion. Uh, we'll start with Ryan. Ryan, if you were an airplane, if you could pick an airplane to be, what would you be and why? Mm, uh, probably an A321. That's a state, but it's so uh, such a versatile airplane. It can do just about anything. You know, it can do overseas, transcon. It can just do a quick hop between here and Charlotte. So super versatile. That's what I would pick. Drew, what about you? Yeah, similar. I'd be a 787 because it's fast, sexy, innovative. And that's why what I aspire to be. 787, one day I could be flying to Denver. The next day I could be flying to Tahiti. So it gets all the way all around the world. Um, yeah, that's what I'd be. Doug? I'd say 757-200 because uh, like me, it's a product of the 80s. It's sleek. It's versatile. It can do short hops like mini to Milwaukee. It can do long-ish haul East Coast to Europe. Just the versatility of it. Um, it gets more capable with age. The initial 757 was was kind of used for just high density transcons, US type stuff, and and now airlines just can't seem to get enough. Uh, I mean, Delta fixing that hard landing in the Azores because they didn't yeah. want to write off the 757. I mean, that just kind of proves the it. proves the capability of it. Um, it's irreplaceable. Um, you can try, but nothing is going to quite be the same. Uh, and then when I'm gone, people will look back and say, man, that was a great airplane. Yeah. Um, I mean, people kind of say that already about it. I, I love the 7.5, just the sleekness. Flying on it is, is just a, a, a joy. Um, we actually posted this on Twitter, this question on Twitter. And um, I, I think our, our first super fan, right? We could, we could Reggie. Yeah, we could call him that, Reggie. So it's uh, at R-E-Q-Q-I-E-D on Twitter. Reggie, one of our, uh, our, our first super fans. Uh, for him, he said probably 320. It's not exciting or sexy, uh, but it's hardworking and it's dependable. Mm. So that kind of goes along with what, what Ryan said about the 321. Although he, the he question did, was, he did question say, was from your wife. 
It was. Right? It was. Yeah. I, I was asking my wife <laughs> for some good questions. She said a, a famous question that reporters ask is, if you're a tree, what would you be and why? Yeah. So we kind of, we tailored it to the, the Av Geek. This was such an Av Geek question, but it was cleared by a civilian. So we know it's it was acceptable. Yeah. It shows personality. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so Ryan, um, I know Ryan wasn't sure about talking about this, but we thought it was exciting enough that we want to hear about it. You're about to go to Frankfurt. Yeah, I, I'm going to Frankfurt for like 28 hours, but uh, my my sort of uncle, I call him my uncle, was a uh, first officer, United Triple Seven first officer. Wow. And, um, I mean, he, he kind of got me in aviation. I give him a hard time, but he, he got me in aviation. So we kind of grew up. I kind of, you know, he used to be an F-14 pilot and, you know, I just kind of grew up around planes with him and everything. So he just uh, removed, rebased to Dallas. So I, I, I'm here for a couple of weeks, you know, for the holidays. So I figured, um, you know, I might want to go over there and take, finally take a trip with him where he drives. So that's what I'm doing um, this week. Okay. So that's uh, going to Dallas on the triple seven. So those are all the new Polaris cabins. So you'll be able to see that if you haven't seen that, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, I haven't. So I'm actually looking forward to it. It's going to be a little different than my usual American airlines. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to some Twitter pictures, hopefully. Yes. Good. Okay. Um, all right. So thanks for joining us, Ryan. Come back uh, often. Um, and then for everyone out there, just a reminder, Check out AirlineGeeks.com. That's the website that Ryan founded. Lots of good airline news, AvGeek articles, pictures, and more. Remember to fly, to follow him on Twitter. He's at Flying High Ryan. And uh, Ryan, anything else you want to plug or you want to talk about? No, I really, I really appreciate you guys having me on. This is, this is really good. So I um, really enjoyed it. And hopefully you guys will have me back on soon to share some news and stuff. Yeah, hopefully hopefully after your flight on the uh, the Max, uh, when, it, when it gets back up and flying. I'm telling you, it's, I want to be the first. Yeah. Many people that. Yeah, that'd be awesome to have you. Well, uh, we know everyone that you've got your choice of podcast. We thank you for uh, for traveling with us and choosing the next trip. This has been Boarding Pass 4. Until the next trip. This has been the Next Trip Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Next Trip Podcast or officerwayfinder.com slash podcast. Thank you.